Here we are. Here we go. Take one. Welcome to Real Women, Real Lives, where wit and wisdom collide. Seriously, who knew that French fries could be a catalyst for shifts of consciousness? It's just so clear to me in this moment how I get confused about it. And then we remember. How can we create a life that allows us to step into our work and our expression, just being who we are, but also funds our dreams? Yeah. What is my husband doing right now? Am I successful enough? But do you have faith that you're okay no matter what happens? Hello and welcome to Real Women, Real Lives. We are so happy you're with us today. I am Melissa. I'm Barb. We're still Melissa and Barb. Here we are. And Barb and I were talking about pressure, something we all have felt, deal with, believe in, perhaps, sometimes, maybe not. So Barb, talk to us about this thing called pressure. Yeah, well, first I have to get the incessant song line, Under Pressure. If I knew more, I'd do more, but now maybe everyone can join me in that going looping in your brain as we talk about it. But yeah, I think pressure is interesting, and especially in the context of our work, right? And I think pressure has historically been misaligned, that somehow pressure is necessary to do well. Pressure is necessary to get people motivated. Pressure is necessary for me to get my finally get going. (laughs) I have used pressure of a deadline to get focused. Like that has been kind of an MO for me. Started early days in in school, you know, the last minute to the homework, the all nighters. (laughs) And at work, you know, the pressure of expectation or a meeting, a deadline to get things done. But because I didn't really understand the real source of creativity and doing well, it looked like the pressure was the source, you know, like it was the pressure that was there. Now, it did kind of suck. It wasn't, excuse my language, but it wasn't as if I was then pulling those all-nighters or, you know, doing things at the last minute and in a place of ease, mm-hmm. right? Pressure is not that. So I was, while I'm pulling the all-nighter or doing the deck for, you know, a presentation at work at the last minute, the whole time what's also was happening was the stream of noise of thinking like, here, you did it again. Why didn't you start this earlier? You really should have done this. Oh, you know, it's not going to be as good. You know, like just that constant noise. So using pressure as a place to get myself focused had a lot of downside, Mm. but it was a misunderstanding I had. And, you know, through really seeing that in a freer, open, more settled, easier internal state, we're actually better thinkers, we're more productive, we don't make as many mistakes, we are better listeners. Like once I began to see that, I had to face this thought. And by the way, I hear it from, and I know you do too, hear it from a lot of people in business, like, no, no, pressure's important. Yes. We have to put pressure on people or they won't perform. We have to put pressure on ourselves to meet the deadlines. 
And so it has been a fascinating inquiry to really question that idea. Because in its very simplest way, I think everybody would agree that when I'm in a more internal, rushed, frantic, stressful state, I'm not necessarily at my best. Yet how come in business, we think pressure is an important ingredient? Like that's, that's like odd to me now. So this place though is, it's challenging because I, like maybe most people, want to grow, want to have more impact, want to, you know, stretch myself, try new things. And I'm afraid that ease won't get me there. You know, I've had to really challenge and question, and I would have some mentors in this work who would lovingly and often (laughs) remind me (laughs) that, you know, my internal sped up busyness doesn't lead to higher quality ideas or experiences in life. Mm. It's the exact opposite. So recently, and maybe, you know, over the last couple of years in particular, as people have had to literally find a new way to do business, have had to let go of their assumptions about how business is done, right? I hear a theme over and over again right now. I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back to busyness for busyness sake. I don't want to feel so stressed when I'm at home at night that I can't be present to my kids. I don't want to be thinking about work the moment my eyes open in the morning. I don't want to feel like I'm behind all the time. But people are confused because their old model of business has that as a given has that as something that, you know, is an ingredient. And so I have found myself in my own business over this last year really challenging myself. Can it be easier? Can I experience more ease? Can I do this with more ease versus urgency and pressure? And the good news is I'm seeing evidence that I can, that my pressure isn't really making it happen faster. That's an illusion. Mm. <laughs> My pressure isn't helping me meet deadlines. In fact, often using a deadline and last minute as a way to focus means I'm not giving space for maybe even more creativity to come into whatever I'm creating. So I think people are craving more ease and yet afraid like me. Does that mean I have to give up on my desires to want to grow and have a lifestyle that excites me or supports my family? Mm, This topic that you're talking about, Barb, is something I think about a lot, frankly, for the sustainability of workers in the workforce. And we talk about sustainability in many areas, environmentally and and whatnot, but workers cannot continue to go on in the way that they've been going on. And we're seeing it in all the studies. And yet there still is a conditioning, a belief that this is the way. And what I'm curious about is when you talk about pressure, to me, I ask myself, what is pressure actually? Is it pressure to meet a deadline? Well, said another way, sometimes in my life, having a deadline has helped me to focus. So that might not be pressure for me necessarily, right? Focus is important for me to achieve what I need to achieve. And then I wonder 
pressure, for me, the perfectionism hops in there, right? The pressure to do it right, right? The first time, to not allow myself to make a mistake or fail. That kind of pressure to me is actually deadly. It's deadly to our creativity. It's deadly to our innovation. And that's the one that I'm hoping to get a little space around, frankly. Because I do think that there are deadlines. You know, I was talking with two very, very senior people at a public company yesterday, and the topic of pressure came up. And the truth is, is that there are deadlines, there are goals, and there are priorities. And those need to be met. It doesn't necessarily mean there's pressure. I think clarity around those items help. Clarity helps, pressure doesn't. And I am reminded of this experiment that we were talking about earlier, the marshmallow experiment, and how this kind of plays into effect. So there's been a couple of marshmallow experiments, apparently. There was one in Stanford about delayed satisfaction and gratification. That's not the one we're going to talk about. (laughs) There is a marshmallow experiment that has to do with a spaghetti stick, a yard of string, and some tape. And I'm not going to get this perfect, just so you know. And that's part of I'm not going to put pressure on myself to get this perfect. But the idea behind it is that this experiment is you're given 18 minutes to create some sort of freestanding object. And the experiment is done with executives, physicians, PhDs, athletes, children, people of all ages in all countries. And the study shows that the category of people that win this most often are kindergartners. Am I saying that word right? Children in kindergarten. Yeah. There you go. Much better. And that's very interesting. And I I wonder what that is in terms of pressure. I know for myself, when I was in kindergarten, I didn't feel that much pressure about getting it right. I was very exploratory in nature. I tried different things. But as an executive, oh, man, did I want to get stuff right. And I had a plan to get it right. And so what they found with executives who did this marshmallow experiment is they failed. And the reason they failed is because they thought they knew how to do it. And they stuck with that plan no matter what. Whereas the young children iterated, they failed, their marshmallow fell to the ground, and they just picked it up and started again. And for me, that's what's interesting about pressure. Am I, are we putting that kind of pressure that we have to get it right? Because when we have to get it right, that doesn't leave room for creativity, innovation, or iteration. And where we are in the world today, in this world of volatility, uncertainty, change, consistent change, We need to be thinking about the future of work. We need to be thinking about the future of our workforce. And so this idea of pressure that you bring up is really, really interesting to me because I don't think that's an environment that's going to create innovation for the future, creativity for new ideas. I think it's going to do the opposite. It's going to have a workforce that's going to stick to what they know to be safe as opposed to trying new things. And that is not the future of work, frankly. Companies that rely on that will probably end up like some of the companies that we know, like a blockbuster that wanted to stick to what they knew as opposed to what Netflix was doing was trying new things. Yeah, and I think well-being is one of the most important thing on people's minds, employees' minds right now when they're looking at organizations and places to work. And I think that just to clarify, pressure is a experience like every other experience, an internal experience, like urgency, love, peace, all of those things. So we can understand as humans, at times we just, we feel that. 
But the real power here is what we're saying is don't mistake a temporary human experience as a necessary ingredient for success. Don't mistake a temporary human experience as a given in business. Mm. You know, to really broaden what's possible and to see that, yes, of course, at times we'll feel pressure. And I resonate with what you're saying, Melissa, like often it's where's the pressure coming from? It's coming from maybe expectations or standards we're holding inside ourselves. It's coming because we think something's at stake, like our reputation or money or a client, you know, those kind of things. So it's a very understandable human experience. But the idea that it's benefiting us and our business and our culture is false. I think that's what we're both boldly stating here. Yeah. And it's bold. Yeah. And so when you see that pressure is just another way to talk about an internal reactive space, and we know that when our minds are reactive, when our internal state is reactive, we are not accessing full perspective. We aren't accessing full capacity of our minds. We are getting more and more rigid. We're getting more and more closed-minded. You know, that's just how our minds work. In a more reactive mind, it gets more constricted. In a open, freer, less reactive internal state, we have more perspective. That's natural. That's just the way it works. Mm -hmm. So to argue that somehow pressure makes us better, I think is just a misunderstanding. And I think what we want to offer today is what if ease? Ease were the way to be more productive, creative, connected better influencer. You know, we get more sales in that state versus pressure. Oh, I agree with you. And I'm just going to share a short story about a negotiation I had with a procurement, head of procurement for a very large Fortune 500 company. And there was a lot at stake. It was going to be our largest client that impacted a lot of our employees and, and new employees. And I knew that, but I also knew that pressure was not going to help our conversation. And because of that, I took time to build the trust and rapport with this person. And because of that, I was able to hear what she was saying and also between the lines of what she was saying. And that turned out to be super helpful in the negotiation because we say things, of course, but it's not just what we say, it's how we're saying it. It's our being and our doing together, our whole person, if you will. And so if I'm in a state of pressure, I'm missing out on valuable cues in very important, high stakes conversations. Absolutely. So I think that's another little case study for me and for anyone that's listening, because I, too, do the same. Absolutely. Let's just be really clear about that. But that's the revolutionary part of what we're saying is pressure's coming maybe because we want something to go well, and yet leaning more into the pressure and into the internal reactivity takes us in the opposite direction of that. Yes. You know, so how do we, I'm imagining people might be listening and saying, okay, I'm with you, but how do I get out of that? When I feel the deadline, when I feel the urgency, when it does matter to me, well, how do I shift that inside? Mm. And I'd love to hear what you have to say on that, Melissa. And, you know, I'll say too, I think it's, first of all, for me, I had to not respect the pressure. I had to really see that the downside of it. And because prior to that, I respected it. 
I thought it was giving me good information, you know, versus that it was actually contaminating my thinking. Yeah. Uh, I will share an experience with a client who just had this. They were negotiating for themselves for their compensation. And that's a lot of pressure, right? Normally, it's a lot of pressure. It's how we support ourselves. And she found herself feeling very overwhelmed and very sped up in the moment of the negotiation. And she felt that. She felt the overwhelm. She felt the full mind. And she knew it wasn't the best time to negotiate. And so whatever she said is not important, but she gave herself some time. And she settled like we humans are meant to do. She put it on the back burner. There's a wonderful book that I read years ago that really helped me with this. It's called Slowing Down to the Speed of Life. And they talk about this thing called the back burner. And at the time, I thought they were absolutely insane. I had no time for a back burner. <laughs> I needed to fire that grill up and get that stuff cooked. <laughs> but what I realized was I was burning everything in my pan and wondering why it didn't taste so good. So letting that sauce simmer on the back burner like this woman did gave her the clarity that she needed to have the conversation that was much more advantageous for her and allowed her to show up with her boss in a way that was her truth. And she was very strong and not in a strong with a dukes up kind of way, which is how I've done it in the past. Strong meaning with integrity, that she was true to herself and she was able to speak for her truth and she felt good about it. Now, the results kind of are what the results are. It's not about that necessarily. It's about the experience. So when you talk about the how, Barb, for me, when I feel sped up, overwhelmed, stressed, that's my navigation system telling me to take my car to the shop for a little resty rest. And that could be in a big office building in New York City, going out to get a coffee for five minutes, feeling my feet on the floor or my shoes on the floor. Rather, I'm not going to walk down New York City with no shoes on. That would be dangerous. Feeling the hot coffee in my hand, smelling the aroma of the coffee so that I can let my mind do what it naturally does, which is settle. I don't do it perfectly. I don't do it all the time. Sometimes I want to burn that hamburger in the front pan just to get it done. And sometimes I remember to let it simmer on the back burner until I can let myself settle. Yeah, you can never underestimate the power of a pause, right? When you feel, and that's how we know, we, uh, we will feel it. We'll feel our shoulders raised. We'll feel our guts tighten. We'll feel that urgent. And that's the wake-up call, right? Before, I thought it was the go button, you know, <laughs> go faster button. <laughs> <laughs> now, yeah. now it's like, oh, wait, no, that's the, it's the red flag. Like, oh, okay. And so I think, you know, what we're both saying is first see it for what it is and then do what occurs to you to do in the moment. Put it on the back burner, take a pause. Sometimes in the seeing of it, it just allows me to take my foot off the gas pedal. And that little bit goes a really long way. And, you know, it's just like I can take a deep breath and get in my body again. I think it's ultimately that if we start to get more curious about how powerful, productive, creative, connected, wise you are in the feeling of ease, you will start to go on your own learning curve of how to find that place within more often. And I think that's just the other thing I want to say is that place of ease is, is inside of us. 
It's not in getting the, you know, house in order. It's not in getting the deck done, right? Like I think that was the other thing I used to look for my ease. I could take a break. I could feel rested once I got to the end of the to-do list or the end of the project. But there was always more. And to really know that even in the midst, like your example with the client, even in the midst of a high stake conversation or deadline, we can find that place of ease beyond the noise, beyond the reactivity inside of us is that stillness, is that place of ease. It is there. That's right. So when you're starting to feel some pressure, in your life and things are starting to feel unmanageable. Barb wants to sing again, just so you know, she's bopping her head under pressure. She is uh, doing a great dance. Just recognize that for yourself. Recognize the overwhelm, recognize the stress, recognize the sped upness and see what occurs to you to take that pause or halt, whatever the word is for you. Sometimes the word halt, I like because it's like, am I hungry? Am I angry? Am I lonely? Am I tired? How do I tend to my needs in the moment? So take that pause for yourself if you feel called. Thank you so much for being with us today. We appreciate you being here and engaging with us. If you would like to engage a little more, we would love that. Email us at realwomenreallivespodcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you're thinking and feeling, how we can support you. And until then, goodbye, everybody. Yeah, I was going to say, is there anything brilliant we can say or end with? I don't know. I feel pressure. I know. I feel pressure. Get it. Good. <laughs> Sign off. Really strong. Yeah. No, we, we're so grateful for all of you. Thank you for joining us and listening. And we look forward to seeing you on our next episode or being with you. Thanks, everyone. Thanks. Under pressure.